Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chat from a Hat. I am your host, Josh Brown, along with my co-host, Caleb Luther. Caleb, how are you this evening? Pretty good. How are you doing today? Hey, buddy, I can't complain. A um, lot going on this week when it comes to you and I. Figure we'll play a little catch-up here real quick. Uh, how's the March Madness tournament going, Caleb? The animated tournament is in its third round. Um, the matchups are getting a little tougher. We've had matchups, a few matchups go the full 24 hours. Um, started with Toy Story 3 versus, what did that face up against? Uh, I was say, I'm not sure. Aladdin? So. Toy Story 3 and Aladdin. It had to go to like sudden death. Toy Story 3 ended up taking it by a couple of votes. And uh, surprisingly, Beauty and the Beast... And what what did that what did that go up against Beauty and the Beast and, and something? Um, but that that went the twenty four hours as well. Um, uh, those have been the two most competitive matchups, whatever Beauty and the Beast was up against. And uh, but yeah, it's it's been good. It's been it's been it's been good. I think the the matchups will get even tougher whenever we uh, get into round four. Well, if you want to follow that, just uh, follow me on on Facebook, Caleb Luther. You know, I post all the matchups on there. Well, Caleb, last week we went over our Oscar talk, and uh, we did our prediction bracket. It took up about half of the the episode last week. And, and Caleb, how did we do on that Sunday? The Oscars were Sunday, and we had uh, quite a bit of uh, upsets and not many at all. Yeah. Uh, we uh, you know, we filled out our brackets live on, on air <laughs> last week, and you got 13 rights. And Woo! I got 16 right. Uh, yeah, you suck. I still beat you in movie tournaments. Which neither uh, trivia. Neither of these scores were that good. Neither were that good. <laughs> I, I'm being honest with you. Uh, the Oscars, but I mean, I'll say as a whole, kind of enjoyed the Oscars. And, and, and I say that as, as a, an extremely biased person. Whenever something that I want to win wins, I'm always going to like it. I'm rarely going to judge the show for how it's structured or whatever. You know, the jokes aren't going to. Jimmy Kimmel, honestly, the jokes he tells aren't that funny. Well, it's Jimmy Kimmel, so... Exactly. So, uh, you could make an argument that the show did better with no host. The one or two times that they did it, did mm-hmm. it without a host. But, uh, you know, the big winners of the night were Everything Ever All at Once, who, which took home seven Oscars, including including Best Picture. And All Quiet on the Western Front won four Oscars. Honestly, there was a point in the night where the momentum looked it looked like it was going All Quiet on the Western Front. Because it had won a few in a mm-hmm. row. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, is it going to do it? But then... It was just everything they were all at once the rest of the night. Yeah. Some controversy through the night, though. A lot of people were upset that Angela Bassett lost Best Supporting Actress to uh, Jamie Lee Curtis specifically. And I, I understand the outrage because Jamie Lee Curtis, I thought, was the weakest in that pool of supporting actresses. She was good, mm-hmm. but I think it was more of like a, a legacy award. Uh, I don't think she was as good as... As Stephanie Shu from Everything Ever mm-hmm. All at Once, I definitely don't think she was good as Angela Bassett or Carrie Condon or or Hong Chow from The Well. I don't think she was as good as any of those actresses, but yeah. she won. She won. It was whatever. Uh, big heartbreak of the night for me. You know, Babylon was only nominated for three awards. Yeah. D- did not win one of them. Didn't win Best Score, which is which is actually kind of crazy. All Quiet on the Western Front won Best Score. Uh, it's a it's a relatively effective score. It's mm-hmm. ominous. It kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of like a Hans Zimmer kind of score it's just not as good as the babylon score babylon score is just absolutely the best and uh close out the night uh not to close out the night but to close out the, the actor race uh, brendan fraser took best actor yeah it was a race between him and austin butler and i'm proud to say that elvis won nothing the whole night. good because <laughs> like it wasn't it. that good of a movie don't like it i thought maybe it might have took like costume design or something no, I, I, no. I had austin butler I, I had austin butler winning so Oh, uh, so wait, you had Austin Butler winning and I got that right? You got that one right. Yeah, you, uh, beat, you beat me ah! on that one, but I beat you overall. <laughs> no, I beat you in movie trivia. You did. Last week. There's no doubt about that. You oh, did. I know I did. You did. You did. You did I wiped me. the floor with you like twice. <laughs> but I, I thought... Like I, a Tommy Plaza. I find it kind of funny that uh, when something gains momentum or a more popular base, the immediate reaction for... For the media or people like on social media in general is to say like, oh, mm-hmm. that thing isn't that good. Yeah. You see it every every year when a Best Picture wins. Uh, notably, you know, it, it's been happening with everything everywhere all at once for a while because 
honestly, the fan base for that movie is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's played a role. But, you know, we, we saw it with No Country for Old Men when it won Best Picture. Uh, we saw it for Birdman. Birdman's such a weird Best mm-hmm. Picture winner. And this was a weird Best Picture winner. So was The Shape of Water. You even saw it with the division between La La Land and Moon Knight. It mm-hmm. started with La La Land. People were like, oh, La La Land's overrated. But then Moonlight won. It's like, yeah. oh, Moonlight's just artsy-fartsy bullcrap. And you see that you see that when a movie is probably didn't initially want to want to reach out to as many people as it ended up reaching out mm-hmm. to, but whenever it does, it's like it reaches people that it's, it's not made for. It's all it's it's <laughs> and a lot of it falls back onto the perception of I have to dislike what's popular. Yeah, and a lot of people still do that. Yeah, um, and it, it which I legitimately you know, get. A lot I think of there's people. like legitimately people that. That don't like this thing. I understand that, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of it is the, the, the mentality of all oh, this mm-hmm. thing has become popular, and people yep. are saying that it's one of the best things of this year. Yeah, we saw it a little bit with Bo Burnham inside too. Yeah, which yeah is just specifically made for a certain type of person. But I think it's amazing. Yeah, but whenever someone says like this is cringeworthy, and I'm like, well, I think it's kind of cringeworthy that you use or cringe. Whenever people use the yeah. word cringe, it's like, awful. It's like, cringe. It's like, it's like, this is like TikTok language. Like, a, <laughs> I hate that term, and I hate the term. Mid. I hate those terms. It's so whatever. So I, I literally, I I immediately discredit someone when they use the word mid to describe yes. something. It's like, it's like, why don't you use your words to describe why you think that this is? I did under. I like, did <laughs> mid. It's mid. Okay. It's mid. I'm going to, what does that even mean? Is that middle of the road? Is that like you don't like it or dislike yeah, it? Yeah, it means like they give it like a five out of ten. Oh, or something. then you're eh about it. Why don't you just say, you know what? I have no opinion about this. It was okay. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's uh, like that's like me with the uh, the David Bowie documentary last year, Moon Age Daydream. Is that what it was called? Yes. Uh, I never really said anything about it because I didn't understand it. And I guess it just that style of experimentational filmmaking. You. It wasn't for me, and I found it to be a struggle while watching it. But I never did a review for it because I would feel I'd feel bad about giving that a five or a six out of ten. So, so I just didn't do it because so I don't believe saying, I don't believe in my own feelings of it. So that what movie. you're saying is is that Moon Age Daydream was mid. It was it was very mid. You know, it was mid. <laughs> well, Caleb, yeah, that, that's all. That's all. Oscar. So news. Oscars out of the way. The out Oscars way. are done. Get and out of here. Everybody that won should have won. That's not true. For the most part. <laughs> for the most part. I, I say for the most part of the night, it, I was I was pleased with the winners. Yeah. So, so uh, Caleb, you uh, put a new song out today, did you not? Yeah, uh, with this being Wednesday, of course, the show is out on Friday. But yeah, there is a new song out. Uh, it's it, Why can't I never remember the name of it? It's called Lost Live Forever. It's called Lost Forever. Okay. I put it out. I've been trying to market it on bunch of things it's so hard market stuff <laughs> did you market it on the tic tac i did I, I even made a video beforehand of me explaining the song because apparently that's something that you have to do is try to like tell people exactly how they should feel well <laughs> like what happened to the days where you could just release a song and someone listens to it you said, old man yells at cloud is what you're doing but right i like now. the song it's you know, it's been a decent chunk, chunk of time on it i like the end result uh Streaming everywhere. It's called Lost Forever. Like that a lot. Very heavily influenced by late sixties, early seventies pop that had like big, big arrangements, string arrangements. Of course, it's all done on synthesizers because who can afford strings? <laughs> yes, go listen to it. It's very, very, very good. Um, go give Caleb a. Is it? Go give him some is, streaming. Is it? Is it? Is it the best thing I put out? You'll have to be the judge, but yes, it is the best thing. That I've put out. <laughs> I don't believe that. It. It's. It's. It's close. There. It's up. It's there. close. It's, it's close. <laughs> Well, Caleb, the uh, this past weekend I went to the Louisville Arcade Expo. Um, yeah, it's it for your birthday for celebration. My, for my birthday, yeah. um, which you just turned twenty three. Right? Okay. Yeah, twenty three. <laughs> thirty three. Thirty three. God, I'm old. Uh, very fun. Um, if you've never had a chance to go to a arcade expo, um, if you're into any sort of games, whether it be retro, present. Uh, current consoles, PC gaming, whatever that might be. Or even if you just like to go and shop for pop culture stuff, go check out an arcade expo or go check out a gaming expo. It's very, very fun. Uh, ran ran into uh, John Riggs, who I've watched uh, numerous YouTube videos of, of him. Is he over a gamer? The last. A- he's, like a, he's a YouTuber, uh, okay. but he, he does, uh, he makes his own video games and things like that. And uh, Super, super cool dude. Um, uh, Talked to him numerous times over the three days just in passing and talked to his table for a little while. Super cool. Go check out John Riggs on YouTube. Um, but yeah, super fun. Um, three days of just arcades and uh, games and 
good food, and I, I can't complain. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome. Sounds fun. I saw the pictures. Looked like a look. Looked super cool. You'll have to go with us for one. Maybe. It was not it was a big fun. gamer, but it could be fun. Though. But, but right? right, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Though with the with the arcades and things like yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. just there's so many games to play. Yeah, and especially pinball and stuff like that. There was like I would say every bit there was at least seventy to eighty pinball machines oh, wow. there. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> it, the 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 venue was probably the the size of the the floor of the Charleston Civic Center anyway, Ooh, or bigger. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And they had like eight, the eighty pinball games. All the vendors were in one area, but then when you went off to the side rooms, was where all of the console gaming was. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just it was a whole. You there was nothing to get bored from. Let's put it that way. Um, highly recommend the Louisville Arcade Expo um, next year when it happens. Um, if you're listening and you're in the Louisville area or the surrounding area, go go check that out because it was really really cool. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, The Last of Us ended. This, this season past one Sunday. ended. Yeah, ended this past, this past um, Sunday. What did you What did you think? What did you think of the Last of Us as uh, the the as final episode and, and as a whole? Well, uh, I like the last I like the last episode. I've seen where it's been a little divisive. Uh, people have called it rushed. People have called maybe the last few episodes rushed, but mm-hmm. I'm, I think it's all I think it's all mm-hmm. very very good. I like some of the moral dilemmas that are in question of how we're supposed to feel about certain decisions made by main characters i like that all mm-hmm. uh, and as, as a whole uh i think it's the first great show of 2023 uh there's another show called poker face that's on peacock that i like a lot it's a new show i'm wanting just, to watch it's that, a new show yeah. just like the last of us but it's it's not quite up there with the last of the mm-hmm. last of us is is the king so far of 2023, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we're looking to see a very good year for for series, which yep. is not anything new. It's yep. been it's been that way for a while now. It's been and, consistent. And Last of Us has just kind of knocked Ted, it out of the park. Uh, well, Ted me. Lasso just started too. Ted right? Lasso just started uh, Wednesday. First episode is up. Uh, it, was, it was a good first episode. Yep. Yeah. So we got Ted Lasso going on. We've got uh, the Mandalorians out right now. We, we got um, a lot of shows about to end. A lot of class. Yeah. A lot of like modern classic shows are about to end. Like Barry's last season is coming mm-hmm. up. Succession's last season's mm-hmm. coming up. And if I'm not mistaken, this is Ted Lasso's final season. So yeah. uh, might, might be a couple years before we see another Last of Us yeah. season, though. I figure that's a oh hard, yeah, it's a tough show to make. Yeah, probably. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that show we won't see that again until probably 2024. I would say January 2025. I'd say, yeah, I'd say two years, yeah. Um, but I, I did read today that Willow is not getting a second season yeah. on Disney+, Plus, which is shocking to me. I didn't watch season one. I didn't watch season one either, I but... Did, I guess it didn't perform I guess well. it just didn't, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's just shocking. I, I figured it would get at least two. I figured it would get at least two. Which I guess if you're a fan of that, and I know a lot of people had been clamoring for that series for a long time. Yeah. Um... I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie either. Yeah. But the 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 Twitter feeds and stuff that I would see of people that were like really yeah. excited for that show because uh, it did have a cult following, but I guess just not yeah. enough of a cult following to. It's, it's one of those things where it probably had a similar cult following to something like uh, The Dark Crystal. Yeah, and that came out with a season on Netflix, yep. which was very well beloved, got great yep. reviews, and canceled, just never did canceled after season yep. one. Yep. So I'd say it's a similar kind of. Yeah. Fan base. Uh, it's, uh, dedicated fan base, but probably not the biggest fan base. Mm. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. I, I, hate, I hate it. But at least you got when, one I season. When, I hate when anything that's that's relatively well-beloved gets canceled. Yeah. It's just, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it for the, the fan base and things. Yeah. Um, Caleb, so we, last week we saw Scream. We that, did. Uh, Which we're not going to talk about. We're films, not going to talk about that. if you want to know about our feelings, we shot a review for it. Yeah. And it... A Facebook exclusive review. So go to yeah. our Facebook, follow our page, chat from a hat. It's yep. there. We post a review for it. Uh, you can get all of our feelings on it. If we hated it, if we liked it, if we felt if we felt mid about it, <laughs> it's very mid the movie. Is mid. Uh, but yeah, I, I encourage I encourage you to go watch that. If you haven't watched the movie yet, maybe we'll we'll change your mind on it. Yep. Maybe not. Maybe you've seen the movie, and you want to see spoilers, and you won't get that in our review because nope. we, we did not do spoilers. Yeah. And anything that seemed like a spoiler, I cut out. <laughs> I cut out. <laughs> so Facebook.com slash chat from a hat. You can go check us out there um, and see our ugly mugs. Yep. On there talking about screen. Hopefully do do more of those. That you know? yeah, was fun. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. It was a, a throwback for, for you and I from yeah. when it come to yeah. to movie reviews and things. A throwback with, with better audio. Yes. Because we're using our mics yeah. for our setup. Here. Using our cool <laughs> microphones. Yeah. Um so Caleb, uh the reviews for John Wick and Shazam came out. 
Um, and and John Wick is sitting at that nice big fat eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes and like a seventy seven or seventy eight on Metacritic. It's getting good. It's getting good reviews. reviews. The best reviews of the series. Yeah, Yeah. and it's a three hour long movie. Almost three hours. And it's yeah, buddy, close. It's like two hours and forty eight minutes, something like that. The other thing about it is though is that you know how I am about movies that are. Anytime that we go to a movie now that's over two hours, I'm like, oh my god, it's yeah, over two hours. It can be rough sometimes. But, yeah. man, I'm looking forward to this movie. I, I, I'm invested in this franchise. I wasn't, so. I wasn't, I mean, I do like the franchise. Yeah. But when I saw the runtime, I wasn't, but seeing these reviews, I'm like, well, it has to be great. It has to be good. It has to be people an epic. Are saying, people are saying it's one of the, it's like, it has like, on Metacritic, it has like three or four 100s. I don't know if any of the other movies have that. Yeah. So, there's people out there giving it perfect scores, yeah. so. Hey, I'm excited. IGN for it. gave it a ten out of ten. Exactly. So I mean, that's and, and, and IGN. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's either going to be bad, a ten out of ten, or a seven. Yeah, it's going to be a ten seven or five. Yeah, <laughs> ten seven five or three. That's it. I yeah. saw. I saw. Yeah. I don't remember what show it was. Got a, a three or something like that. Or yeah, maybe it, must, it was. It a, must have been really a movie. bad. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so Shazam. Shazam's Shazam reviews. Uh, reviews came out. Yeah, it just came out. Uh, of course, by now reviews. There's going to be a bunch of reviews out, but yeah. As us recording this on Wednesday, mm-hmm. reviews just started dropping. Um, I, I, I just, I just looked. I can relook, but whenever I looked on Metacritic, it had like a fifty-seven on Metacritic, which isn't. That's not something to it's be. Not that's terrible. not. That's not something to be worried about, really. Because if you if you look at a lot of comic book movies, or even like a movie like Cocaine Bear, it winds up in the fifties. But yeah. then you get a Rotten Tomatoes; it's like in the seventies. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's a if there's a Rotten Tomato score quite yet. I can check real quick. Going there, here we go. The anticipation. The it's anticipation. Crazy. Which this anticipation literally means nothing to you all, <laughs> because by now you've probably already seen the movie. You've if probably you went seen to the, the preview screenings. Which are, uh, we're hoping to see the movie, unless it just really starts to bomb. Oh, if it here. really starts to bomb, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm sorry. Uh, it's still there's still no Rotten Tomato score. There hasn't been enough reviews come in yet. So, okay. Uh, All right. I predict it's probably going to wind up in the the 70s or early 80s. The first one has like a 93. So I don't know. I'm hearing some people th- saying it's just as good as the first one, even better. But who knows with those early critic reactions? Maybe I don't want to say they got paid off, but you know, <laughs> yeah. It is a little different when you get to watch it early. There's an excitement to that yep. than critics that watch it a little bit later and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'm going to. This movie's mid. <laughs> critics don't say that, but yeah. I mean. <laughs> well, professional movie critics don't say that. Well, maybe like TikTok comment critics, particularly <laughs> on my videos on TikTok. God, Caleb, this, this take is so this, mid. This Beatles top 10 is mid. It made oh, me cringe. God. Luckily, I, I didn't get any comments like that on my Beatles top ten. It was all like, "Oh man, this is su- super cool." Everybody oh, you made a Beatles top ten. I did. It's what good. was in your top three? Oh gosh, top my top three. I'm no, only I, sleeping was in there. I'm sure. No, I had I had really? my top ten, but no, no, number one, I had something. It's, it's my favorite. Beatles okay, song. love okay. that song. It's a good song. Two, uh, gosh, what did I have? I had maybe a day in the life at two. Okay, and three. I, I think I had yesterday. Okay, yeah, but, sure. Yeah, sure. My list had I had like here, yeah. there, and everywhere, and I had some here, never, there, and everywhere is a very underrated song. We we'll, we have a Beatles you never, topic in you here. Never so get, we'll, we'll, uh, you never give me your money. Songs like like there's mm-hmm. just some great songs that maybe some people wouldn't initially point out. I'm pretty as sure we have a Beatles draft in there. We so. do. That'll be a good one. So that'll be a good one. Beatles are that's, good. That's gonna be a the Beatles are not mid. That's gonna be we'll have, we might have to do a top twenty of that. We might have to maybe. do a twenty song draft. Yeah, of that. And, and I am gonna I am gonna pick from my heart. Oh same same because when you pick from your heart with Beatles songs, they're all kind of big songs anyway. I'll go ahead and tell you, Hey Jude's not even in my top 20. Mine neither. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, no it's chance. too long. It's too long. Listen, there ain't going to be a song from that album in my that I'm going to pick. It wasn't on an album. It was a single. Was it not? Hey Jude, on, yeah. Hey Jude was a single. It wasn't on Hey record. Jude wasn't on... What's on the, the last album? Abbey Road? Yeah, no, 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 the last... Let, let It Be. Let It Be. Yeah. yeah Let It Be's not going to be on there either. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I like. we'll hey, get to that when we get to that. I like Hey Jude more than Let It Be, though. <laughs> really? I do. That's a hot take. Let it. Does Hey Jude have the sing-along? Yes. Yeah. It's like, like the eight-minute song. I like it more, but yeah, it's not one of my, okay. it's not one of my favorites. Okay. Though. That's enough Beatles discourse, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. We're dividing the audience. Yeah. Some people... I can't some, believe some they people, said that. Some people can't. Some people just can't. They're, they're just sucked into the Beatles aren't, aren't very yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Beatles are mid. Beatles are good. They recorded everything mid. The monkeys are better. <laughs> Jesus says. Christ. Nobody says that. That was like a line for like Dumb and Dumber or something. <laughs> like, you know the, the, monkey, the monkeys were a major influence on the Beatles. <laughs> you had three bands. 
the Beach Boys, the Beatles, and the Monkeys. <laughs> the Monkeys just are, the Monkeys. Yeah, are, the Monkeys do have some bangers. The though. Monkeys do have some good songs. Man, uh, what is that song? Uh, Daydream Believer. Is yes, that what that song's yeah, so they didn't write that song, but it's still a great, it's song. still a great song. I love that great song. song. What, what did that? What did that play in recently? That played in uh, a movie that I watched recently. Oh my gosh! Oh gosh, it played like a crucial role in. Oh, in a uh, Women Talking. Oh, okay. It plays like it plays in that movie. And it makes mm-hmm. me emotional when it plays in that. Like, oh my god. Moving on from Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on. Uh, we actually we're are moving. At, we're at the topic, aren't we? No, we're we're talking about last week when I beat you at movie trivia. Oh yeah, you did beat me. Yeah, I beat you bad. Moving too. on. I beat you bad by like four or five points. I think it was like two points. Look or at whatever. the draw. What can I say? Look at the draw. You had the first. You had the first question. You got easier questions. Oh bull! No, you just beat Naka me. Tommy Plaza. I'm not very good at movie trivia. I'm I'm good at if you're like okay, Caleb, we're gonna we're gonna talk about things that you know about. <laughs> When it comes to a hole, I'm like, nah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of well, ignorant, so not a surprise to me. Not a surprise. Well, Caleb, we're going to move now to this week's topic, and this week's what? I have something, whoops, that didn't make a noise. I have something to say, because since we're talking about music, and this is sort of music-related, but today, uh, a musician that I really like died, passed away, uh, Bobby Caldwell. Uh, he had, his biggest song was uh, What You Won't Do For Love, and it, it was the same name of the album came mm-hmm. out in the late seventies. He was a, a R and B and smooth jazz uh, artist. I, you, pr- I don't know if you know the song. If you heard it, you'd know it. Probably. It Probably. starts off with like, a, "I guess you wonder where I've been." That's the first line of the song. Okay, it's like a smooth jazz song. I've probably Caldwell. heard it. Died. Before. I think he was seventy-one years old today, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the only album that I've that I've listened to him. But I mm-hmm. love that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace to Bobby Caldwell. I have to I'll check that album out. I'll yeah, to, it's I'll great. Great out. smooth, super yep. smooth late seventies album. Cool. Great. Very cool. Shame. Cool. Daggone shame that he passed away. We can move on to the topic. Well, the topic this week is the best replacement players. We drew this last week. Um, Caleb, we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that my replacement players are uh, very vanilla. And by vanilla, it's going to be it's going to be <laughs> mid. It's a oh god another mid list. It's a mid list. Um, these are just people that I know for sure are replacement players of bands that I really do like. Yeah. Um, and that, and I have reasons as to why I think they are better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, better players as far as some of the other people in the bands that mm-hmm. have come after or before. Uh, would you like to start? I can. I, I think I have six and two honorable mentions um, of just people that I'm just, not necessarily going to go in depth about. Yeah, I but just, I just have I just have six. No honorable mentions, just, just six. Okay. Um, then like would you, you like said, for me to tell my honorable mentions? Then you you, you can do that. Uh, okay. th- but but after I say this, okay. Similar to you, I mostly went with uh, musicians that came to the band and really kind of improved the band, made mm-hmm. the band better, or mm-hmm. circumstance where a musician died and had to be replaced. Same. Uh, same. I think that, that only happens once on my list, but the rest of them were like, the, the bands kind of became who they were after this person yep. came into the band. So who are your, your honorable um, mentions? Honorable mentions for me is Bruce Kulick from Kiss. Um, took the place of Vinnie Vincent and Mark St. John after he wasn't able to play anymore due to an arthritic hand condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. Um, yeah, I would say without doubt, uh, Bruce took Iron Maiden to the next level. I like their stuff so, more beforehand. Really? But they definitely un- undoubtedly became a bigger band after he came to the band. So I'm wrong. This, this other guy may, might be on your list. And if he is, we can go ahead and talk about it. Okay. Um, Zach Cooper from Coen Cambria. No, and I, 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 I no, because I don't. I don't agree with you. Well, here's <laughs> but I understand. But here's the reason yeah, why I yeah, say yeah. that, though. The circumstance of why the circumstance he's gone. The albums are better pre Zach, but so if somebody had to come in and fill that role, right? I don't think you could have found someone but better. I would say I would tell anybody to listen to the baseline in Number City. Yeah, Number City because is it one is of the, absolutely amazing in that era. Cody, yes, it's one of the best songs. Yes. but know. anyway, that that's that's yeah, just. I forgot about but you got to remember too. I also came into Coheed. After those albums, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ascension and Descension was when yeah. I really started listening you know, to them. I was them, just so. really, I just really loved Mike Todd. I, ho- I hope Mike Todd is doing well. Now. Same, yeah, same, really absolutely. He, he is an amazing mm-hmm. bass player. Like holy cow, those first three Cody. I would albums love to see him have like get his life. I think a lot of like and, slap bass parts yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Caleb, um, who is your number one 
It's not my number. I'm it's just, not a ranking. I'm just going, but, yeah. but this probably is the biggest one, honestly. Like, it's okay. a big one because this is a person that's, that's noted as one of the best at his kind. Okay. It's a shame that he's, he has passed away. But uh, I'm going with, with Neil, Neil Peart for Rush. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they had John Rutsey played on their debut album, their yeah. self-titled album. Neil Peart came on uh, Fly By Night, yeah. and they became an iconic. But he re- I think he really he made Rush uh, uh, who, honestly, they, who they are because of... And, you know, he was the primary songwriter yeah. for Rush, too. Yeah. So, I yeah. honestly didn't even think of Neil. Because it was the first I one that came forgot, to my mind. I forgot that they had a drummer Yeah, they, had another, they had another guy, him. yeah. <laughs> John Rutsey. So, wow. I, I can't believe I completely forgot him. It was a big him. one. Yeah, he, I mean, they... He, he passed away a handful of years ago, right? Yeah, maybe like yeah. four four or five years ago, yeah. maybe. Um, it's, but it's about well, it's about I maybe, think it, right, maybe about six or seven years ago, really? right? Maybe, maybe? I, dude, I don't know. I've lost track of time. Yeah, honestly. time yeah. just uh, <laughs> times a blur. exits my brain. Times a blur. But yeah, they they became I mean for prog rock one of the most uh, beloved bands, and a lot of people view him as mm-hmm. as the goat of. Of rock and roll drumming, yeah, like he's incredible. Yeah, he yeah. is incredible. They're all incredible. Yeah. They're all. I think all three of them are like kind of like the best at, at their. They're craft. maestros. Yeah, yeah. They're, and they're now Slice is very underrated. Yeah, uh, as a guitarist, but Neil, that's Neil Peart is probably the best thing about Rush. That's not. That's the thing about Rush is like people can love or hate their music, and pe- a lot of people do love or hate their music, but you never hear anyone say their music. They suck. Oh yeah, you know what no. I mean. All, I ain't a fan of their only, music. Only objectively dumb people <laughs> like that they they don't suck. You you just don't like the music, which is understandable. Understandable, yes. Understandable. They they, are, they don't suck though. Oh, no, they do no. not suck. They do not. No, they they're do, mid. They do not. No, no. no. <laughs> they are uh, quite literally the best yes. at what they kind of do. And I, I don't even love Rush that much. There there's a, there's a. There's a lot of Rush songs that I love, but mm-hmm. I, I I'm not like completely in love with them as a whole. And yeah. Their songwriting, but whenever they hit, man, they hit. Our friend Nathan, though, he was he loved very them. into yeah, Rush. He, loved he was those it was yeah, his favorite yeah, yeah. band. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he would he would be like, yes, Caleb's list yeah, wins. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so anything about anything else about Neil? That's it. Okay. Um, my number one is Brian Johnson from ACDC. A lot of people, again, this is another yeah. one of those love or hate. Yeah, I don't like them as much as the the initial guy. I do. I do. <laughs> I, I mean, and again, I just like those records better. Mm-hmm. I like Back in Black better. I like Razor's Edge better. Yeah. Um, I, I I just thought that if you, if when you listen to Bond and then listen to him, there is a vocal difference, without question. There's there a vocal is, difference. Yeah. But for what they were doing, going to that raw gritty vocalist after Bond's death makes sense. Yeah, I mean... So... They did, they I, I did think, something right, right? Yeah, they were probably I mean, one yeah. of the most popular rock bands yeah. in the world. They still are. At their prime. Sure. So, I never got into ACDC. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I, I did like, you know, TNT and songs like that mm-hmm. a little bit more. Dirty Deeds. But I still... It's not like... It's I, div- it's, I still don't love those songs, though. So, like, they make it... I think for what they were tr- trying to do, getting getting Brian was yeah. probably the right, right yeah. decision. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my turn. Uh, another another huge one, a big one on drums too. I have a few drummers on here. Okay, so it seems like that seems to be like a re- recurring pattern, like replacing mm-hmm. drummers. I thought it would be bass, but only I have no bass players on here. But this one, I do. This one's a big one. Uh, uh, this band called Nirvana. Uh, Chad Channing played on their first album. Uh, Again, Bleach. I did not know that. Bleach, and of course they brought in Dave Grohl. Played on Nevermind was his first album, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it's only one of the biggest albums in the nineties. Yeah, that so. and In Utero are I mean the two of the biggest albums sort of changed like the trajectory trajectory of music, and of course Dave Grohl went on to start the Foo Fighters, yeah. and uh, despite him being a, a basically a guitarist singer now, mm-hmm. uh, still legendary drummer. Yeah, like you'll see him, you'll still see him get 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 behind the kit to play for. For certain things, mm-hmm. uh, benefit concerts and whatnot, or playing mm-hmm. with other bands, he played drums on one or two Queens of the Stone Age albums. Mm-hmm. Still a great drummer, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll tell you that he's not, but he is. <laughs> he's just a great yeah. drummer. I was watching a video where he was describing the opening like drum feel for "Smells Like Teen Spirit." He was like, "Yeah, I was ripping off disco music from the late 70s. Yeah, I've seen that video. Yeah, I've seen that video. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like, he kind of is because then they played like the clip. I was yeah. like, but it works. Yeah, like it, it works. So, they, yeah, Dave Grohl's a big one. Uh, Nirvana probably. I'm not gonna say they wouldn't be the same because 
Who's to say? Their production just got a lot better on Nevermind than yeah. it did on Bleach. And I'm not sure if Dave Grohl played a role in that, but I think he played a huge role in uh, the overall songwriting and mm-hmm. what they were doing as a band. So, so just a side note, uh, now that, that since we're talking about Foo Fighters and, and Dave and a drummer, do you think that if the Foo Fighters, since they are continuing, they said that they will continue, do you see dave playing the drums on the records now or do you see them bringing someone and bringing someone into the group that will continue to do like taylor did they'll bring someone in you think so see i i think dave i i think he will play on the next release he will play drums on the next release he could because i mean think of that foo fighters record that he went in and completely redid all of the drum tracks yeah, I mean, he, he... So, I mean... Well, he did the, he did them all on the first one, and he did, then he redid them on the second right. album. And uh, those are probably my two favorite Foo Fighters. Yeah, albums. but that's what so, I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel that... And maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe, that I mean, him and him and Taylor had such a friendship and a yeah. musicianship with each other. It's like, how do you bring another person in to do that? Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of drummers, my next uh, pick is Eric Carr from KISS. Uh, replaced Peter Chris in 1981. Uh, Peter Chris was off the rails, uh, just completely inebriated, uh, not able to play, um, and they fired him. Mm-hmm. They just fired him. Um, and then Eric Carr came in and gave them a metal speed, thrash metal edge to mm-hmm. his drumming. He was double basing things. It, to Peter Chris's swing and jazz, he was the heavy metal. And I just tell anybody listen to Creatures of the Night, the record, and you will hear how good of a drummer Eric Carr is. And very underrated, passed away way too soon from heart cancer, uh, right at, many people would say, the peak of his drumming back in 89. Um, So, yeah. Would love to to see what he would possibly be doing today. I don't know if he would still be with Kiss, uh, but... Very, very underrated drummer. Very underrated. All right. Uh, next for me, another drummer. Just going to be the drum show here. <laughs> uh, Best replacement These drummers. are just like big ones. Like, they're big. Like, I mean, so, Blink-22. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have, knew you were going to put Travis Barker on Do you have on this here. one on yours? I don't. I don't. So, but Scott I... Rayner played on the yep. first couple albums. Yep. Uh Good drummer. You know, dude. a lot of people still cite Dude Ranch as their best album. Yeah. But uh, Travis Barker came in on Enum of the State, and they took off. Yeah. They took, their, their fame took off, and I think a large part of that is Travis Barker. Man, he is, Travis, Bar- Travis Barker is so good that it almost ruins the Blink-22 live experience because the other guys can't keep up, they, they mm-hmm. can't play with him. He's just too good. He's like, he's, he's incredible. And that, and what I would say though too is that if he's the drummer, then he needs to play to them as well. I think they just need to pick it up, Josh. Well, <laughs> and they're not going to because they've had thirty years to do. It. Yeah. What well, they were good there in the yeah. late nineties, maybe even the early two thousands. Yeah. Something happened; they just weren't as good. And maybe Travis sometimes does do a little bit more. But if we're just talking about studio recordings, mm-hmm. the way he, he innovates, what he does, uh, I don't. I don't mean that recently. I hate their news. I hate. Yeah. I've hated everything they've done since two thousand sixteen. Hated it all. Mm-hmm. But you know, ninety nine to mm-hmm. to neighborhoods, two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm for the most part, I like all that stuff, and especially on their untitled album from two thousand three. Yeah. He really innovated. Like we could re- do a whole like, episode on that. There's album. like there's like a docu there's like a documentary on YouTube that's showing them mm-hmm. recording and just the process of what he was going through because mm-hmm. they did all the drums first and uh, the way that he would drum cer- he would record certain percussion parts separately from the other like mm-hmm. record just the snare part and then I, I, I can't remember which song it was that he recorded every drum part separately and then they put it all together it might have been easy target where he mm. did that and uh i, I don't think bling way two is as as big as they are if, if travis doesn't come into the picture uh, of course uh, scott I had i wouldn't argue that scott apparently had like a, a an alcohol problem and mm-hmm. uh, they wrote about it in the song man overboard but uh, i think that really changed the, yet again the trajectory of bling way two um, so we're skimming to bass players now for oh, me. Yeah. We gotta have uh, some. I don't. <laughs> um, but the, again, these 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 are very vanilla, very vanilla. Oh gosh. Uh, but I'm going with Jason Newstead from Metallica. Oh, God. So uh, who did he? Cliff Burton. See, he was the next one. Yeah. 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 And they, they so, muted him on Injustice and then they, for Justice all. for All. <laughs> um, but the thing of it is, for me, it's not so much Jason's bass playing 
because Jason is a great bass player. He's good. Uh, plays with a pick, which is you know, I like. A, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, made a heavier sound, mm-hmm. uh, v- more thud to the bass. It's that goatee. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but it's what he brought to the live performance. He was able to do vocals. background vocals yeah. with with uh, with with James. James. Yeah, and it's like. What what can you that Cliff wasn't doing that Cliff yeah, wasn't yeah. doing background vocals yeah so he added an extra layer on top of it mm-hmm. and I think I, I I love Cliff's playing I love the fact that he was able to keep up with uh with Kurt and James in the way that he would play but rhythmically and sonically I prefer Jason's playing to Cliff and I know that sounds what about, I know that's sacrilegious but what about to Rob. Who's See, their, that's who's a, their current base. Rob, Rob feels more like Cliff, but does Rob, he do vocals? Rob does not. Mm, you sure he does? Oh, you don't like he it? D- no. So no, I don't. Thing. So did you see? The, did you see the TikTok of them? Uh, it was sort of like a promotion of the new song that they released, and they all recording their individual parts. Yes. And they're like, "Hey, yeah. uh, duet this video," and then yeah. they started playing their parts. And Rob came in first after the drums. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Okay, I can hear the bass," but then the second the guitar came in, mm-hmm. you could not hear bass. And that's kind of the case on the song. Yeah, like I think that's just been like an ongoing thing with yeah. Metallica is that despite them having good basses. Mm-hmm. They're all just kind of playing along with the guitar, and they're, they're yeah. kind of in the background, yeah. which kind of sucks. It does. It, it sucks. A little the bit. thing about Metallica's production is the drums are always the loudest. Oh God, I hate it. The drums I hate are the, always the, bass the drum loudest. Is just so the bass. I hate the way that bass drum. The sounds, bass, always. the hi hat, and the snare is always in the forefront. He's not good enough to sound like. That. <laughs> <laughs> we could. Do, he's mid. He's mid. I mean, he literally is. <laughs> no, uh, he, he's fine. I just. Not, not, there's not that big on a few on him. a few years ago when they did um, the Guitar Hero Metallica game. Yeah, um, people ripped the game and like remixed the songs on it and to change the drums. To cha- no, to to bring oh, to bring, le- to bring levels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can find those on YouTube. And some of them are oh, they really ripped, good. Oh, they ripped the game. They, they ripped audio. the game okay. because the yeah, way yeah. that the game is set up is everything as far as. The instruments is the seeds of the instruments. Mm-hmm. So if you pull all that off of there, you have the seeds of the songs. Okay. So you're able to to pretty much remix the songs. Okay. And people were doing that with um, with all of the songs on there in the Death Magnetic album. Yeah. And it sounds really good when you the, some of the remixes are I hate really the good. On that album. Yeah. It's uh, compression on that record is Awful. horrible. Oh, the loudness, so loud. The loudness it's so loud. The loudness definitely run that one that word. Yep. Okay. Metallica. To you. Still on drums. Oh my god, Caleb. So this is a lo- Get off this the drums. Is a lower band uh who just they, they just reunited and they might put out new albums, they might not, but they they've they've they have uh, said that they're going to play a show next month. That's Gatsby's American Gatsby's. Dream. So the first album, Why We Fight, is good. Uh, definitely more like prog than the typical pop punk, which mm-hmm. is two things that don't necessarily go together. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely kind of like pop, prog, pop, pop punk. But their uh, album, their drummer on the first album, Dustin McGuy, I want to say McGuy. I don't know. These two names are hard to pronounce, uh-huh. by the way. But of course... Uh, was replaced on their next album, which became maybe their biggest album, maybe. Uh, Ribbons and Sugar, uh, Rudy Gajadar. Gajadar? I don't know how to say his last name. I just know that he is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I put him up there with Neil Peart. It's, uh, that sounds crazy because Gatsby's is so small and they're not mm-hmm. a very big band. But oh my gosh. The, he elevates their prog elements mm-hmm. so much more. That's why I was drawn to them so much in high school. Because they were more than just an emo band or an indie rock band. They they didn't like repeat choruses. They their songs were were crazy and they'd go mm-hmm. all over the place in three minutes or less. And a big part of that is the drumming, like just crazy drums mm-hmm. the whole song. Yes. Yeah. Whenever you're not repeating things, that you're also not repeating things on drums. Like you're just That's true. You're going That's all true. out. And uh, I would love to hear more from them because I want to hear. I haven't heard him play drums on a Gatsby song since the late two thousands. And uh, I, I truly miss them as a band, but but him, he might be the MVP of that band. And uh, they, I know they never really caught on to people, but I'm telling you, uh, the band that band is incredible, and that drummer is that could change is though. one of the best of of that genre. Mm-hmm. He's the best. There's no there's no drummer better than him. In if we're gonna call Gatsby's American Dream an, an emo 2000s band, mm-hmm. there's no other drummer better. I'm I, I'm confident of that. I think that he's the best, and he's one of my favorite drummers of all time. Just in, incredible, super cool. Yeah. Cool. 
Cool. Hopefully they uh, they tour and they'll do like oh. a small set of tour, like a small tour. We will go. Come to Ohio, please. We will go. <laughs> we will go. Well, not just Ohio. We can go Ohio, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, North Carolina, yeah. uh, Knoxville, West uh, Virginia, West Virginia. <laughs> but they came to Mountain. We will stage. be the four, we will be the four people there. Me or me, you and Nancy will be. They're gonna come to the Coalfield Jamboree in Logan County. <laughs> Book it. Be five people show up. But man, we'll be hyped. <laughs> we'll be hyped. We'll be right there in the we'll front row, getting deaf with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Caleb, my uh, my next pick is um, of a band from the seventies, um, okay. and that is Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac. Okay, didn't know that, did you? So what? Uh, so who? He. Neither of them are are original members. Exactly. Okay. Because uh, Fleetwood Mac started in the sixties. Oh, okay. With uh, with Peter Green. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Peter and they were a blues band, and then Peter Green left. Um, they had uh, oh gosh, um, what's his name? It escapes me. Uh, Bob. Oh God. Anyway, um, and then uh, Mick Fleet Mick Fleetwood had Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks join the band. When did they join? Mid seventies. Seventy five. Seventy five. Seventy five. Okay, okay. Um, and then they just took off. It was yeah. You know, Stratosphere so for Fleetwood Mac. Seven. And then, so they had the Fleetwood Mac White Album, Rumors, Tusk, Mirage, Tango in the Night, those five albums. And that's that was the peak of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. It went it down, is. it went completely, it, they, they went up, plateaued, and then went downhill after that. Oh. Um, to me, anyway, they did. Yeah. Um, and just to show how important Lindsay and Stevie are to the band and how much of the success was to them. When Lindsay left in 82, or I'm sorry, not 82, 88, they had to get two people to replace him. Yeah, because he's that good. Because he was that good. If he could do that much on just a Just by himself. Yeah. Um, and then when Stevie left in 93, 94, the band broke up. Yeah. They had one album that did nothing, and then mm-hmm. it was just gone. So, I mean, that's that's pretty important. That's pretty That, that puts you oh, up there the, with the best. They're, they're the two members that you think about when you think of Fluid Mac. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know and, that they weren't original yeah. members. No. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe that Stevie Nicks wasn't, but I always thought that Lindsey Buckingham was no, an original member. No. Wow. No. Crazy. Okay, my next one. Uh, one of my favorite bands. Uh, Cursive. Uh, Cursive's a great band, great emo Initially an emo band, sort of transitioned into rock, then kind of transitioned to prog rock a little mm-hmm. bit. But their first two albums, super emo, Steve Peterson was their, I don't want to say he's the lead guitarist because him and Tim Tim Casher sort of trade off between mm-hmm. who plays lead and whatnot. But mm-hmm. he was their other guitarist that didn't do vocals. But then Ted Stevens came in on Domestica. Mm-hmm. And Domestica immediately drew, drew in more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ted Stevens is really what brought in some of those like quirky guitar parts those lead guitar parts that feel kind of off but they make the song feel completely mm-hmm. right and you notice that heavily in their album from 20 years ago the ugly organ so ted stevens uh immediately came into the picture and sang songs him mm-hmm. i don't he doesn't sing as many songs as tim the lead singer but he'll sing maybe like one or two songs an album and i think he reached his most songs maybe on happy hollow mm-hmm. so and not only did he come in and and really help like craft their sound they mm-hmm. also came in and offered some songwriting and some vocals and at times they kind of sound similar yeah but i like that yeah because uh, there is a drastic style between lyricism between them despite their vocals being like that hard edge kind of mm-hmm. sound but uh one of my favorite bands and uh i, I did i didn't know initially that they he didn't always play for cursive you know mm-hmm. i found that out maybe 10 years ago and oh yeah great great guitar player great guy I've only met him once. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like a great guy to me, though. So. Ted well, Stevens. Ted Stevens. That's Ted Stevens. <laughs> Super good, cool sounds guy. Like a, wears, a hat, like a, wears a hat sometimes. Sounds like a, a junior high principal. Mr. Stevens. Ted Stevens. I just, said he, I just said he wore glasses, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if he wears glasses <laughs> or not. I feel like the bass player wears glasses. You know, you know how you picture someone? Yes. You know, the episode of The Office where they're like, Stan, Stanley's not in the office. They're like, does Stanley have a mustache? And they're like trying to picture, like, does Stanley have a mustache? That's what I'm going through I'm right terrible now. for that. So Yeah. I'm to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, he definitely wears glasses. But then I'm like, well, maybe not. Maybe he's a contact wearer. Ted Stevens. <laughs> Ted, if you're listening, will you let us know if you are wearing glasses right now or if you wear them in everyday life or if you're a contact man? <laughs> 
Well, Caleb, my last one um, is uh, how many do you have left? I got one more. You have one more? Okay, yeah. so perfect. Um, now, this is the one that's going to get the hate. It's okay. going to get the hate. Here we go. The hate oh, no. from the haters the is going to say it's very mid. Oh, God. Cringe. Cringe. <laughs> A lot of people, when I, when I, when I say this take, they're going to be like, ew. ew. God, Josh, canceled. <laughs> Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. Oh, Josh. <laughs> I, what are you doing? I like oh, Van Hagar better than Van Halen. Our podcast is, is It's fine. That's fine. Now. That's fine. Uh, I have a worse take after this, probably. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh. It, is the, it is the time of the bad takes. It, it, okay. The, the, I'm going to go ahead and say the take. Because uh, this plays into what we were talking about earlier when we were saying, uh, you know, this band I don't like. I don't like this band, but they never call them bad. I would never call Van Halen bad, but I do not like Van Halen. That's I okay. I don't like any iteration of it <laughs> that's fine that's if I, fine if i had to choose i guess i'd choose david lee roth van mm-hmm. halen because some of the songs are admittedly great mm-hmm. but as a whole i can't think of like one album brothers that i'd want to listen to all the way through so i i can't i can't i can't rag you for liking sammy hagar more whenever i don't even like the band that much so. i just like sammy hagar more because he was able to bring more into the band than what david lee roth could what do. did he do what did he bring in he was a guitar player what else was he good he's just, he, he, he was he a, a good guitar player I mean, he was a good rhythm guitar player, yeah. So I know for a fact he wore sunglasses. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I also know for a fact he could not drive so, 55. See, I don't know what Sammy Hagar's eyes look like. <laughs> I've never seen his eyes. He always wears those dark-tinted sunglasses. So I don't even know what the guy looks like, really. Like, it's all in the eyes. I don't know what the guy looks like. I just see curly hair and, gla- and sunglasses. That's okay. <laughs> but he, no, he but, can't drive but, in all, 55. but in all seriousness, he did bring rhythm guitar playing, and he brought, like, songwriting to it as well. Um, more than David Lee How many Lee guitars did. did they have... With David Lee Roth, just Eddie. Really? Was it? Yeah. Okay, I did. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool to have an extra guitar. Yeah. Then. So while Eddie was being Flash and Flair, Sammy, Sammy was, was like, able to be. I'm just gonna play chords. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Fifty-five. <laughs> but that—that's just. I mean, from a. I think from a um, musician standpoint, that they were better hey. and more well-rounded as a band with him than sure. with David Lee Roth. I would try that's to find me. out. On Spotify, but I'm not. I don't want that to ruin my my Spotify. <laughs> because what do you do? Listen to the same Hagar. Like I was, it was Josh. <laughs> I hijacked I not, it. This has nothing to do with me. I hijacked it completely. Oh, Sammy. Okay, yeah, I got one more. It's not like I saved like the biggest or best for last. Mm-hmm. It just so happened to be the last one that I mm-hmm. listed on here. But Bayside, first two albums they had two different drummers. So Sounds and Condolences. I don't even remember the drummer on that album. But their next album was their self-titled album, and uh, John B. Tallahan played for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, died in a car crash. Uh, they were in a bad car crash. Uh, mm. Died, like, instantly. Oh, man. And, uh, so I didn't know that. Yeah, know so that they wrote that. a song about about him called Winter. It's on their, their first acoustic album. or their, okay. It's on their, their, live, their yeah. live acoustic, because uh, mm-hmm. they were playing acoustic shows with just uh, Anthony and Jack mm-hmm. there for a while. But uh, Chris Guglielmo, is what I want to say, but he's been the drummer ever since. Mm-hmm. And uh, in to some extent, yeah, they 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 did get better because um, the Walking Wounded was the first album that he played on, mm-hmm. and I still think that's their their best album. Sure, and uh, sure, I don't always love their stuff through the years. I don't, mm-hmm. some of their newer stuff seems I don't know. I don't, I don't want to call n- n- not necessarily. It's just not cringe. It's more for a specific crowd. I think it's it all depends on what record label you end up going to, and I think them going to a specific record label mm-hmm. made them kind of aesthetically sound like other bands mm-hmm. like really to commercial the point, to the point of uh, and th- that's the thing they're not because they're still not that big right. so i'm like what's the point yeah. <laughs> what's the point guys do the walking wounded just just repeat the hits okay <laughs> i want to hear devotion to desire cater, 17 times cater to me guys no but they'll still put out some like bangers i mean their yeah. last album uh, i think was their last full-length album was in tarot bang that came out in 2019 and i, I like that album mm-hmm. a lot but here recently, I haven't liked their stuff as much, but Chris Guglielmo has been a really, really good replacement for them. They have not mm-hmm. changed the lineup since mm-hmm. 2005, 2006, and uh, they seem to really enjoy each other's company. I'm like, if you're, well, playing, in, if you're playing in a band that long, uh, you got you to you have be, something right? there. Yeah, but yeah, he's uh, pl- plays drums on my favorite album by them. So, good job, Chris. Now make better songs. <laughs> Not really. You need to talk to Anthony about that. No, they, they still write some, some some great songs. So I'm always gonna like them. 
Well, Caleb, we were going to start um, the episode with an announcement, and we, we kind of forgot. We didn't do it. <laughs> um, so you're going to be getting this episode on Friday, um, yes. but next week will be a week off for us. Mm-hmm. Um, next week will actually be a week off for us, but it's not going to be a skipping of content, so to speak. It's, it's a scheduled off. It's a scheduled off because... Our podcast is going to move to Mondays. Yes. So all of the new episodes you will start getting from now on will be on Monday. So you get to start the week start the with week. chat from so a hat instead so of ending with it. If you're it. like a commuter and if a podcast commuter listener that likes to listen to podcasts on the way to work or wherever, this will give you more chances and you won't just forget about it on Saturday and Sunday yeah. when the world just dies yes. on Saturday and Sunday. So um, starting uh, Monday, that would be the 24th. Maybe 7th. 27th. Monday, March the 27th, uh, Chat from a Hat will start, uh, will still be up at midnight on that morning, so you can go ahead and have it able to auto-download, um, so you can have it. The real question is, what is going to be the topic for that episode? Oh, gosh. I think it's your turn to pick. No, it's your turn. Is it? Yeah, oh, no. Because I had best replacement players. Oh, yeah, that's so. true. Okay. So it is your So what's going to be the topic turn. for our, our time change, our, our date Our day change. change. For- for on Mondays now. Monday. Let's so Monday, March one. the 27th, what will be the topic? We're about to find out because I got it right here in my hand. Fingers crossed that it's really good. Oh, man, me too. Oh, Lord. Gosh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Remember MySpace? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, going to be quite a throwback on that. <laughs> be a throwback, right? Oh, my God, MySpace. Hey, I mean, I love- I can already think of a lot of really good elements about MySpace, I if can. I'm being honest with I you. Can. So, yeah. MySpace was fun, dude. Hey, it was my favorite form of social media until it definitely wasn't. Was it? And we'll, we'll discuss more of that on the our next episode, yep. Monday the 27th. Yes, right? Monday the 27th. Correct? So, Caleb, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook. Just type in, in Chat From A Hat. Yep. It's our page. It's just right there. We're also on Instagram. Type in, in Chat From A Hat. We're also on Twitter, Chat From A Hat. And you can email us at chatfromahatcast.com. At gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And yep. obviously, if you want to listen to us, you're listening to us, whatever you listen to us yep. on right now. Yep. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. I don't know if we're on YouTube or not. <laughs> but we'll we're, get there. We'll we're get on, there. We're on most of those uh, those things that uh, that podcast play on. Absolutely. If you enjoy the show, give it a, a rating, a like, a follow, a share. Moves us up the food chain when it comes to podcasts and more people get to see it and hear it. So please do that. It helps out the show. It helps out us. Uh, Caleb, anything else that you want to add? Nope. Nope. (laughs) All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening to Chat from a Hat. We will talk to you on March the 27th on Monday and every Monday after. So get ready for more Chat from a Hat.